Welcome to Youth Visions Podcast, the podcast which gives the mic to young adults in front line of political, economic and environmental crisis. We are shooting a movie in immersion in the daily life of five young adults in India, Indonesia, Lebanon, France, to the United Nations in New York. Follow us on Instagram, Youth Visions Movie, and on our website. You will find all the links in the podcast description. Together, let's break down preconceived ideas about youth and poverty. Today we meet Kefas, a young Indonesian. After discovering LP4Y, an NGO specializing in inclusion of young adults in extreme poverty, he decided to write his thesis on the link between rebellion in Camus and voluntary work. Together, let's discover how these young adults inspired him to write his thesis. My name is Kefas Raditya. I'm 24 years old and I am from Jakarta. I was born in Jakarta, but I was raised mostly in Bekasi, the satellite city of Jakarta. I spent my childhood there, elementary school. After high school in Blitar, I take my bachelor's in Jakarta. So I went back to Jakarta. I just finished my bachelor's after four years, and I wrote my thesis about uh, Albert Camus and the volunteers in LB4Y. So LP4Y is uh, basically an international NGO working for excluded youths for professional inclusion. It's an interesting project that they have. It's a new form, a form of social work that is not just charitable organization that gives food or, or sums of money or, or anything, but this one works for excluded youths in specific from 17 to 24 years old and I think it's very interesting the project because they work for professional inclusion they're not just giving some of money or just foods or once in a while or, or anything I used to work with LP4Y as a trainer I volunteered as a trainer for two years. One year at the beginning was for English trainings and the next year was for uh, IT training, basic IT training. The first time I actually met the project was, I would say it's a farewell dinner of some of the volunteers. I've never heard of this place, uh, a lecture of mine introduced me to it and he, I was it was in some one afternoon somewhere he was asking me like are you free this, uh, tonight do you have plans I said no I don't have plans uh, you want to uh, accompany me to Chilinching and everything I know Chilinching I've heard of the place but I've never actually been here it's near to the port which means it's probably the storage place of uh, big containers and, and everything one that I remembered was it has a very dangerous road really known for accidents and everything. That's what I know. So first of all, it's scary. It's close to the port, so it's probably this industrial area. But it's also, I've heard of Chilinching as a prostitution area as well. 
So not a very good place, I would say, <laughs> from what I know. That's why it's it's confusing to me for my lecturer to actually like, uh, invited me to join this farewell dinner of foreign volunteers. I really have no idea what I'm what I'm going to see. But then when I got here, the place now it gets better a little bit because the roads are being paved now a little bit. Well, back then it's just like mud and really like rocky and it's really bad. Every year it floods, or at least knee high floodings and everything. So I got to the center, it was it was in the evening and then I think I saw like three or four French volunteers like coming down the stairs and I was thinking like, why are they living here? Are they crazy or what? <laughs> Uh, it's not common sight, I would say. When you see a Caucasian going to Indonesia, what's in my mind is that either you're going for business in Jakarta, so you will be very this neat suit and tie, or you're going for a holiday in Bali, just like being chill and just enjoying times in, a, in an island and everything. This is really something new. Seeing Caucasians living in slum areas, working for unprivileged young adults. It's weird for me to know at first, but then it's actually the interesting part because I w it made me to want to know more about it. Like, hmm, what are they doing exactly? <laughs> after some time, after a few weeks, I asked again to actually, can I visit? Like, can I see what you do? And everything, and I saw like, oh, this is very interesting. They're, they're actually working here, living in slum areas. They know the neighbors, and the neighbors are also very happy to meet them. What they're doing is, is interesting to me. They're really working, really speaking English with underprivileged youth, which is a bit strange because you don't see that much in, uh, uh, even in schools, you don't really meet foreigners to actually learn to speak English. But in here, they can speak uh, they speak English, they speak a little bit of Basa, at least to say hello to the neighbors. In a way, it's very noble. They came all the way from France to live here, living privileges from a first world country, and then living in some areas. Okay, so that's, I would know, would be quite a culture shock <laughs> because it's very different from what they're used to in France. And then what they're doing is also, in a way, interesting to me giving their hearts for the youths, trying to encourage the youth that they can also do it. You can do it. It's not because you're uneducated or you came from this background and you cannot do anything. You can do something. And we can just, what they like to say is that we can just encourage you, but it's you doing the transformation from within. I think it's interesting. Learning from history, I... Somehow it reminds me of this old like Catholic missionaries like coming there, building schools, like learning local languages and everything. Somehow it reminds me of that. But of course, this is not anything uh, religion related because it's purely humanitarian for the sake of the youth. It's interesting because the organization itself, it's not ideology based organization. We're not doing this to end world poverty and everything. We're doing this so that youths can get a decent job. And from there, he can start at least his life first and then slowly but steady uh, his, also his families or the neighborhood around him. It's a good cause, I would say. 
It's purely for the sake of the youth, for real human. I wouldn't say I, I don't reject it at all, but I don't think also the neighborhoods around reject the presence of of the volunteers. They would think, uh, looking back at history, they would think this might be Christianization of the of the area, like Christian missionaries coming in. But once they really like after some time actually living here. Uh, the neighbors also realize that oh, no, they're not doing this for a certain uh, religion or ideology, but they're doing this for the youth, for our young generations, and so that we're very happy about it. thesis is about Albert Camus and rebellion. So basically the title will be Rebellion as a Way of Life. So my experience in LP4Y, meeting volunteers, meeting youths and everything, got me thinking about this concept Albert Camus have about uh, absurdity and rebellion. I'm trying to see if the absurdity and rebellion in Camus' work is actually real. In, in real life you can see it. So I did uh, interviews with the volunteers and everything, and basically this is how it goes. <laughs> Absurdity is a moment when a human that needs a certain level of certainty in their life meets this world of uncertainty. Our world is always like uncertain. Everything changes and, and so on. That's when the absurd feeling happens. So he proposes this idea of rebellion. The rebellion is not the same uh, with, you know, those like armed rebellions that are happening everywhere uh, with killings and everything. It's not that kind of rebellion. It's more of a personal attitude towards the absurdity. So it's very personal in that sense. You can be in his works, especially in La Peste, there's just so many types of rebellion that there are. But the ideal one to come is the communitarian rebellion the point when you rebel against your own absurdity that you feel in your life, you expand your consciousness that there are also others rebelling, that there are, it's not becoming a bit selfish in a way because it's in yourself. That's the abstract part. <laughs> but the one that I found interesting was that in my interviews with the volunteers, I asked about many questions, but mainly about their life before, before why, their life, oh, why did they choose to join, to volunteer, because it's a bit weird, especially for, I would say in common, because for national and international volunteers, they experience the same thing. They already have a, this somewhat settled lifestyle. It's when everything is, it's all right. You have a good salary, you have a pension, so you can think about the future more, you can prepare for the future, what's going to happen, you have good money in your bank accounts so your future will be more or less safe for a secure job that you have. All volunteers, the one that I interviewed, it seems to be the same. At a certain point in their life, when everything was stable, when everything was okay in their life, and then all of a sudden they feel like every, this is just all meaningless. Why am I doing this? Why am I? 
I don't really want this study. I never wanted that. I don't. I came back to this company that I left a little bit for my studies, and then I came back. I don't understand why it, everything just doesn't match up. And then there's this weird feeling of absurdity. I call it absurdity, and it's not just a common anxiety because it's the feeling encourages you to change the direction of your life. And the uh, common decision that they made is to join volunteering positions. And in this point, the LP4Y. But they all have different motivations that encourages them. There are one volunteer that actually joined that volunteers to with the motivation of reducing poverty, or another that just wants to help people, or another that just wants to discover him or herself. They have different motivations that encourages them to actually take the action, and the motivations they have actually affect on how they're doing with their voluntary life. The one who wants to reduce his poverty came to this certain level of frustration that it's not happening. What I'm doing, it's not the poverty is still there. It's not reducing in any way. It helps a little bit by empowering the youths and everything, but it doesn't go away. But there are some also that feels great joy when they see the youth that they accompanied in the past months and everything, when they succeeded, when they got a job. Or I think what I remember one that said that it feels like watching your kids grow up and everything. But also there are some whose consciousness actually expands. You know, after seeing what happened here, the poverty areas and the youth that what the youth are experiencing. I remember one that said, "When I'm finishing this mission, I cannot just live my life before. Something must change. I don't know what yet, but something will change because I just can't let these things happen anymore." So at the end, I I found out that absurdity is real and very personal, because everyone, every person, at least from the five volunteers that I interviewed, they reaches a point in their life where. All of a sudden, this life that they've lived become just meaningless. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, it just shows up. And why am I doing this? I call that one absurdity because it encourages them to change their life in a certain direction. They don't just want to live that life again, and they want to change. Then they did by volunteering and everything. That is the first part of rebellion. Because they experience this and reflect on it, like okay, I'm feeling this. I'm not happy with what I'm doing right now, and this needs to change. That's the first part of rebellion. But then the rebellion also they have a different motives from themselves, and some can achieve this expand of consciousness, where they feel whatever they're experiencing in their. They're volunteering. It encourages them to change their lifestyle before. So in a way, at the end, I'm trying to say that uh, this absurdity and rebellion is not just uh, an abstract concept. It's real. It's happening in in a very personal level of every human. In that way, the rebellion can be seen as a way of life, because we will all experience that point where we just don't know where we're going, or we're trying to figure out what we're trying to do and everything. And it always happens. So, if we keep the rebellion as a way of life, 
then we we will keep rebelling. We will keep renewing our lives to in in a search of uh, trying to make sense to whatever we're doing in our lives. I see a lot of different types of youths in my in my two years experience. In general, they are mostly 17 to 24 age youths, underprivileged youths who are unable to finish high school or sometimes also junior high school, but they still want to get a job, to get a decent job with uh, at least a regional level salary and everything. But it's hard for in at least in Jakarta area to actually get a job if you don't have a certificate of at least what let's say a bachelor's certificate it will be very hard so for them they join to get a job they want to they have different motivations of of course most that they say that they will i want to learn english i want to learn computer and everything but in the end i would sum it up with uh, i want to get a job to get a job i will learn everything that i need i will learn english i will learn computing skills and other soft skills that will that are offered in the trainings and everything they have many trainings in the center of course that helps them to develop this professional attitude and everything being on time uh, learning how to work together as a team learning to be responsible with their responsibilities in their departments and everything My part when I was there I was helping them to learn English for the first year of my volunteering I'd say weekend volunteering because it's just like Saturdays my part is to help them to learn English and they did very well I would say uh, even though they come from this mostly uneducated backgrounds because they're not able to finish school and everything in my English trainings at least they did very well but also it's not because of me I'm just helping them to do things but what I see is that it's actually because of them because they really wanted to learn they try to speak whatever they can speak it's not always right but they have that courage to actually try to speak english and after finishing their training for 6 or 8 months i would be seeing them speaking english of course but not this perfect type of english but it's still understandable what what they're trying to say and then the next year after that i was helping them with uh, with it training so learning how to operate google docs uh, sheets and slides and everything what i think was interesting from my years of volunteering was uh, the transformation mostly is the most interesting part from them i met youths in the, on their first day of training and they were very shy you know this very close body language they won't even look at you they will be looking down and how are you doing sometimes they won't even answer you they will, if they come with a friend they will ask their friends first what to answer the other friends would say like uh, i'm doing good coach how are you but even trying to say that it's already very hard for them to say i'm doing good is already very very well for the first day 
but then it's not they're not saying it like when they're looking at you but they were looking downwards like saying I'm with a low volume voice I'm I'm doing good coach and everything from that first day of training until the day they got a job coming back to me and they say hey how are you how are you doing how is your job they would be with their heads high chest up and saying I'm doing good coach I am working now It's amazing to see this transformation that happens within them with this level of confidence coming up to me and saying how are you coach oh oh now you're saying how are you <laughs> the last time i saw you i was saying how are you and you were not answering <laughs> but now they're brave enough to come up to me and say how are you coach how are you doing is to be fascinating because it's just It's hard to imagine. The English part is amazing to me because I'm lucky enough to get educated into a bachelor's. I learned English in schools. But in the end, I learned to actually speak well and everything not through the schools, but through movies or I watch uh, YouTube's and everything. So, well them they just watch YouTube's probably try to speak with the coaches that they have here try to communicate themselves in english in 6 months then me at least who've done at least what 12 years of learning and doing better uh, than me in 6 months time that is actually very amazing to me because the first inspirations for my thesis because i remember this part where uh, uh jean paul sartre actually mentioned about others being uh, a hell for one another by eyesight by looking at them a human actually objectifies one another and then it reduces them but in here maybe that's true in the sense that i see them as this poor uneducated youth that might not have the abilities that i have who are well educated but by keeping those opinions to myself and just letting them be whoever they are it's just they're just another human beings with the same potentials uh that just needs to be encouraged to come out like your potential you have very good potential you can do this you can speak english you can work your way through computers and everything you can do that because you're also humans like me it's not that you're uneducated then you're absolutely unable to speak english or absolutely unable to work your way through computers but really by be themselves encouraging them that they also can do this it's amazing what that can actually transform them into they really become this confident uh person who who now has a job and at least have a certain plan on, in their lives on what they're trying to do most of them will be will say like i want to save money to buy a house later or get married or pay for my parents needs and everything the transformation is just mind blowing i would say <laughs> did it change my life i would say it did but not in a way that i would just leave everything behind and do social works for life but at least happened to me is that my experiences here gave me a change of perspective 
everyone has a potential no matter who they are where they came from it might not be the potential that i would easily recognize but then it's also not an excuse for me to look down on them because they have a potential that maybe i don't know yet we're all the same i have potentials as well but maybe other people have potentials that i don't have so i guess it's that change of perspective when we look at other people as as another human being without labeling them as different or poor or else we actually help another person to become themselves to actually express them whoever they are with their whole potential which can actually we we try to encourage to show the whole potential of a person what makes sense to me is the is another human being present around me those who have the potentials to be whoever they are and i think that's where i will live like now and today here and now i think that's what will make sense in my life in near future at least i myself i would say i think i i also rebel in a way because seeing them my experiences of 2 years being a trainer is not is also life changing to me because i can't just live this life knowing that things are happening where there are people living in slum areas like this like the ones there they're here and everything i rebel in my own way but not as a volunteer because i'm still doing my studies and everything i don't know yet in what form of rebellion that i will take but i guess i'm in a way i'm also rebelling in my own personal sense in that sense that will be my thesis i would say <laughs>